Welcome to Barbell Vitality Radio. I'm your host, Brent Ruska, personal trainer, yogi, and Muay Thai enthusiast. Each episode, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock strength and vitality in your life. Hey guys, welcome to the very first episode of Barbell Vitality Radio with Brent Ruska, me. Uh, today, I am with my sister, and I'm going to share my story of how I became a personal trainer, uh, my journey as a personal trainer, and what Barbell Vitality is all about. So, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Please share it, and here we go. Let's go. Brent Ruska, <laughs> in the building, the man, the myth, the legend. We're so lucky to have the founder of this podcast here get to hear his journey and I guess what I would say to you is you know let's see you just turned 35 right 35 years old yeah 35 85 baby so by the time most people are 35 they've had multiple different kinds of jobs and a career path that really has twisted and turned all over the place but You've actually been in the same industry since you were, what, 18 fitness? So can you take me way back in time and just walk me through how did you fall into this career path and passion? That's a great question. So I think it begins when I was in junior high. This was around a time when I stopped playing any kind of team sports, just kind of fell out of it, and I was really resistant to school in general. So I started to become very depressed. I was an emotional eater. I would binge eat. Uh, This was around the time when all the processed food starting to come out. No one really knows that this stuff's bad for you. It's around the time of fat free, but everything's pumped with sugar. (laughs) So just eating a lot of this, eating my emotions and becoming very heavy and very unhappy. And I was that way through most of junior high and the first part of high school. But something kind of happened where I got to this breaking point where Mm. I was over it. I just was so sick and tired of just looking and feeling this way. Something just had to change. So one summer, uh, sometime in the middle of high school, I found this book called Body for Life. And if you know anything about Body for Life... uh, you know that it is a three-month program focused on weight training three times a week, uh, interval training three times a week, and eating six meals a day. It was created by the guys who created Muscle and Fitness, I believe. I think Sean Phillips is one of the founders, and he owned EAS. Um, Bill Phillips. Yeah, Bill Phillips. Oh, yeah, and and his brother, Mm -hmm. too. Um, So So how did you – you mentioned this book. So kind of I'm hearing emotional eating – processed foods, junior high, high school, kind of reached this breaking point. And how did Body for Life come into your life? I honestly have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea how I discovered it. I have no idea. Was it dad that bought the book? I think I just found it somehow. And I was, and I, I don't know, maybe he did, but I think I did. And then I was like, dad, we should do this program. And to kind of take you back, Body for Life is what, a lot of things are modeled after mm-hmm. like P90X and all these like 90 day programs that got recycled. But this is like the beginning, very first version that ever came out back in the day. Yeah. Very ahead of its time. I would definitely say that. Totally. Uh, and I decided that I was going to do this program. I convinced my dad to do this. 
he was always down to try different stuff. He was pretty out of shape at the time too. I think he kind of got out of doing any kind of fitness or exercise. Um, and we just went full in. And I remember that feeling of like, I have no idea if this is going to work. Cause in the past I had tried many different things like Atkins and just, I don't know. I didn't literally knew jack shit about anything that had to do with eating or health or fitness or exercise. Right. I, the only thing I had was, you know, reference point is just doing team sports and I wasn't super great at those. And a lot of time it wasn't actually that fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how the program worked was you took before pictures at the end of the 90 days, you were going to take after pictures. You ate six times a day. You ate very small portions about your hand size. You focused on protein, every single meal, very bodybuilding old school style. <laughs> and you got one binge day a week which is kind of, I think, where all the cheap meals eventually came from. Is <laughs> literally, this book is where all of that began, mm-hmm. which is worked really well for this program, but do not recommend it long term. Uh, Lessons d- learned <laughs> yeah, in life. For sure. <laughs> uh, and so then you would do 20 minutes three times a week of high-intensity running. I would go outside and run. Uh, we bought a bunch of weights, which I'm actually using right now to train clients outside. Uh, and we just would do these programs in the garage and outside and it and then we'd have giant feasts on sunday where we just binge eat on a ton of food like cinnamon rolls and shit but then like (laughs) as soon as monday came we got back on it and i never tracked any weight or anything i don't know i just was full on in um and i remember there was one moment when i was running outside where i i don't know if i had my shirt off but i remember these guys drove by and they were like Hey, fat boy, run. And I remember just that feeling. And and if you've ever been overweight or out of shape, that feeling of like, is any of this going to fucking work? Like, is any of this actually going to work? But I remember when I had that, I just used that, like what that experience of what they were saying to me in that moment. And I was like, I'm just going to fucking go harder now. I'm just going to go harder. And I don't know how I finally shifted that mindset. I think you can get to this place in your life, with your health, or whatever it is, where you finally decide that enough is enough, and I'm willing to do anything to get out of this place, and your just mindset clicks. Wow. And do you remember kind of what that was like, you know, in doing the program in terms of, I'm sure you weren't motivated the whole entire time. What kind of was that three-month process like? I think it was good that I decided to do it over a summer because I didn't have any stress as much so that I would if I were in school. So I just literally focused all my energy on this one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helped. Yeah. And so I actually remember this very vividly. <laughs> um, uh, Brent and my dad both did before and after pictures. You The whole, the whole thing was... Hold a newspaper, pose in the same position that you did before. <laughs> so fast forward now, end of this program, where are you at and what happens next? So at the end of the journey, we retook pictures and I remember being incredibly shocked because how I looked before and then after was completely different. Before I was 230 pounds, no muscle at all, wasn't lifting weights, wasn't doing sports. So, and then I went down to 180. So it's a 50 pound drop. Wow. 
in fat uh, and then probably gain a muscle. So maybe it's a little more uh, fat loss. And I still, even though I saw those pictures, I still feel the same. And that's a good point to kind of be aware of if you're changing your life in any way, whether it's your physical body or something, that many things are changing as you're working towards that goal, but you may not be aware. And it's important to receive reflections from people in your life. And when they say they see and experience change in you, you need to really pay attention to that. So this was very evident when I returned back to school the next year. And I now, because I felt good and confident, I was dressing completely different. Wasn't in baggy clothes, was in bootleg cut <laughs> jeans, button up shirts where before I was dressed like, I don't know, a goofball. <laughs> and the reactions I got from people seeing me was completely different. Even though in my mind, I'm wow. still the same person. Uh, that was a super interesting experience. And it was in that moment, I remember, wow, to be able to go through something and experience an, a result that you literally just had to hold faith and didn't know if it was possible mm -hmm. at all. And then experience that I was like, that would be amazing to take people through that experience. Mm -hmm. And so that's when it kind of shifted in my head that whatever I do, I want to help people achieve things that they don't think is possible. Wow. Really powerful. And we talked a lot about what, you know, you drop 50 pounds, which is huge. And your body's changed and you look different. But what else was going on emotionally, mentally? Were there other changes that had occurred during that 90-day period as well? So that's an interesting question because... I don't think I even paid attention to my emotional changes. Hmm. I think my mindset did become much stronger. and But I don't know if I actually became more confident and able to deal with my emotions better. Hmm. Um, I think that came way later down in my journey. Wow. And this is, you know, as, as a transformation and pieces I learned as a personal trainer is in the beginning phases when I was a trainer, I would focus so much on getting people to change through just physical diet and exercise, but but I realized on the journey, working with people, experimenting, and continually trying to figure out how I can help each individual I was with, there was so many more deeper layers mm. of working on an emotional level on a mental level and other levels that are even deeper, a very uh, holistic viewpoints was created throughout my journey of training. Wow. Uh, and I didn't discover that till much later uh, in my path of training. Mm. Yeah, definitely. All right. So return to high school, you know, this passion for fitness is reignited. You have this painful experience of being overweight going through this transition and you graduate high school and where are you at then? What are you, what, I mean, of course, you know, the next thing people always ask, where are you going to school? What job are you getting? What happened then? So what happened next is, uh, I 
was pretty lost after high school. Uh, going through school, I was very resistant. I have a very interesting way of learning. I'm pretty sure I have pretty strong dyslexia. I did not like school at all. I didn't have a group of friends that were really focused on going to college. All of us were pretty lost, and maybe a lot of you resonate with that. Uh, so I was pretty lost. And I think I floated around for a couple years until I attempted to go to a technical college. That did not work out. That style of learning was not good. But I eventually found a school that was a trade school, Ashmead College. It was a year-long program, and it was much more lecture-based, uh, visually-based, um, and it had a, a kind of like a more well-rounded educational style for all different types of learners. And in this Ashmead, exercise science, physiology, anatomy, we had doctors, doctors lecture, uh, we had different uh, nutritionist lecture. We had people from all different parts of the industry. Wow. Okay. Very cool. And how long was the program at Ashmead? It was a year long. It was designed to focus uh, you to achieve the goal of getting either an NSCA certification or an ACSM certification. So everything you were learning was geared to uh, a passing that exam. So passing an exam to become a trainer? Yeah, so ACSM and NSCA, at least at the time, were kind of the gold standard certifications for personal training. Uh, so that was the end goal. Got it. And so you graduated, obviously. And did you want to run your own business? Were you looking for gyms? Did you have any idea what you were going to do next? What happened? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good question. I was lucky enough to find a job that was actually hourly and you got to work shifts, which is pretty rare as a trainer. Um, and I worked at this place out in Kirkland. It was high intensity workouts that were marketed as 20 minutes, uh, which were scheduled on half hour blocks. So they were really about half hour. And I just wanted to get in there and work and work, work, work. And if you know me or you know about my past, I and, and or was a very extremely, extremely shy individual. So the mm -hmm. first part of training people was just being able to be with someone and have conversations with them and be able to lead them and guide them. And that, I remember, the first six months to a year was very challenging for me. But I learned a lot and grew a lot. Wow. So you spent all this time learning about nutrition and fitness and, you know, the proper movements and alignment, but there might not actually be a lot of training on how to really be with people, how to communicate, how to hold that space with them and uh, just experience one-on-one -on -one dynamic. So you're at this gym in Kirkland, you're, you're hustling, and how old were you then? I think I was 20. I was 20 and I was there for a couple of years. I got to the point where I eventually became assistant manager. Uh, and I feel like I got to this place where I kind of gained all the knowledge and growth I possibly could from mm -hmm. this place. And I started to decide to explore and move out into the world, uh, finding new places to train and kind of develop my own style. Because this place I worked had a very set protocol for how you train people and Within that protocol, you could design programs, but uh, it was you had to follow a very specific philosophy. Mm. Got it. 
And so working at this gym, kind of have a couple years of experience under your belt, looking for something different. And I know that you went through a period of time where you actually were working at multiple different gyms. Maybe you could just give me kind of an overview of kind of how you bounced around, where you went, and what some of those were like. Yeah, this next several years was kind of a wild journey. So (laughs) I worked at several different kind of like boutique style places with super wealthy people. And the way they ran their, you know, studio was very interesting and different, was more focused on high customer service and being schnoozy woozy with these people. And then I worked at another place that was like a franchise. And this place had no customers and you just had to like figure out how to hustle and get clients with no one coming into the gym. And this all eventually led to me deciding to open my own uh training business. Uh, I found a place that was completely kind of torn down, but these two individuals had a vision to open a kind of a personal training studio where you could just rent space. Um, And I started my first business there. And that was quite the experience. I think I lasted with that business in Seattle and then eventually moved back to the east side for maybe two, three years. And that was think maybe around when the recession hit so and this is no social media really maybe maybe facebook but there's no real marketing or reaching out to people and it was it was a it was a fucking hustle (laughs) a fucking hustle you heard it here first uh awesome so boutique gyms you know more uh I would say high profile uh elite clients other places where maybe not as much traffic, getting to the point where you're like, I think I'm ready to actually start my own business. And what was going on also outside of work, your relationship to fitness? Were you getting involved in other things or what were what were you doing that you were passionate about fitness-wise outside of day-to-day work? Yeah, so... In the beginning, I, I was I started to really gravitate towards bodybuilding, and I did a my first natural show, uh, around when I was in my young twenties, and then as I went to Seattle and opened my own business, I decided to get really serious about it, and I I I was a horrible bodybuilder. Like <laughs> I am not emotionally capable to handle the discipline and dieting. I always tried to convince myself that I could. But it just, it, 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 it like was too much stress on me. Uh, I'm very sensitive to that kind of stress. And it created such an imbalance of my lifestyle that it created more harm than good. For me specifically, there's a lot of people who can do it and they do really well. But you got to try stuff to know what works for you, right? And then in this time, I decided, you know what? I don't want to be one of these old guys living out of his RV in Venice Beach thinking he's going to be some bodybuilder and he's 60 <laughs> fucking years old. So... I was like, I'm going full on in. And I had a friend who he was really smart. I trusted him. He took steroids. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to go all in. And for a couple years, I took steroids. I spent a lot of fucking money on it (laughs) (laughs) and learned a lot, learned, learned a lot, learned that. Well, I I initially started as well because I thought during this time, as I think a lot of trainers thought during the time is if I get really big and look super fit, 
then I'm going to impress so many people and that will be my best marketing strategy I can possibly do, which is fucking dumb. And through this, I had a lot of different health issues. Now, I will say this, that taking steroids is extremely fun and I had a lot of fun doing it. It was super fun lifting weights on steroids. It's awesome. But the psychological stress of like always getting your blood work done and worrying about if something's going to happen fucking sucks. And you become so, bodybuilding becomes a very, you know, narcissistic, hyper-focused thing that everything you do all day long is focused on that. Mm -hmm. So I had a complete imbalance of social life and doing anything that had to do with self-care. I didn't even know what the word self-care even meant at all. And I just kept almost pushing my body. It was almost like Mm. a... an individual riding a horse and that person riding the horse into the ground and not listening or having any care whether the horse is beaten or tired or starting to fall apart, mm-hmm. literally just running my body into the ground. Wow. And yeah, I think you're touching on something that is maybe a little bit of a dark side to the fitness industry, which is it's, are, it's you want it to be about you know health wellness vitality and a lot of times it can just devolve into image and image only and it sounds like like you were saying things got really out of balance and so you know you took this leap you started your own business but things were way out of balance you've got a recession and you know keep in mind you know I love that you were open about using steroids also you were in your 20s so you know you're just a kid and walk me through what did you so you're running your horse into the ground so did the horse die (laughs) (laughs) no i got to a place where i was convinced by one of my clients to come back to the east side and reopen business and on the east side i just could never actually find a gym where i could rent space I had to kind of work between when group classes were going on. And at this point, I was so burnt out. I hadn't taken a vacation or or anything for five plus years because I was so hyper disciplined with my business and this bodybuilding thing. And then I got to this place where I had no clients. I was super burnt out and I just decided to stop. I was like, I'm just going to stop everything. I just stopped all my steroids. I didn't have any clients. So I had all this free time. Um, at the time I was actually addicted to smoking because I was so anxious and had no idea how anxious I was, but I was caught in these thought loops of not being able to quit. And then I just stopped that. And I decided, you know what, I'm just going to focus on that one thing. I'm going to try to focus on feeling good. Something I had never done ever before was always focused on just like push drive, push through the pain, you know, ignore that, go, 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 hard, 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 which, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to wake up and I'm just going to focus on things that make me feel good and then continue to add and do more things that make me feel good. So I would start to go on these two, three hour long walks. And when I would come back, I would feel a little bit better and I'd have a little bit more headspace. And that started to snowball down this path of getting into yoga, starting to try uh, juicing, which from very young age, I suffered from acid reflux around when I was 12 years old. And then I had several doctors who wanted to sew my esophagus slightly tighter. 
I was put on pro- proton pump inhibitors and all kinds of acid reflux medication. But I had a friend who owned a juice shop and she started making me really fresh juices, which when I was a bodybuilder, I thought yoga was bullshit and I thought <laughs> juicing was bullshit. I thought I was all bullshit. And anything I've ever made fun of, I end up eating my own words. So this is me eating my own words. So I started taking these fresh juices and within a couple of weeks, it was one of the first times I have ever experienced not having any kind of discomfort, whether it was acid wow. or stomach indigestion or pain or bubbles. And I used to, my ex-girlfriend would say, like, do you, you realize you talk about like dying a lot, don't you? Because I thought in my mind, like I for sure was going to die from like esophagus cancer. So I just started following this path of feeling better, feeling better. And yoga... At the time, I had a teacher who was a Buddhist nun, and we would do these yin classes, which are where you hold poses for five-plus minutes in these kind of positions on the ground. And she would walk us through um, kind of visualizations of becoming aware of your emotions. She was also a cognitive therapist, and she blended the two philosophies of Buddhism and cognitive therapy. And that is when I really became aware of my inner world, my stress and anxiety and I started to become aware of my nervous system Mm. wow so started with walks um and then this is transitioning into you got these juices going and you're getting involved in yoga and I also know that you said that you had lost basically all of your clients and so what is, but you're focused on this mission of feeling good and how did maybe the next couple of years really unfold? I got invited to do running Buffalo journeys, which was an intentional based kind of like adventure travel through Guatemala and Nicaragua. And it was a life changing experience. And I was also had given the opportunity that at the end of this journey, the leader was going to come back to the U S with his wife and kid and I was going to be able to house sit for them in this Mayan indigenous community, which was also filled with expats living kind of like off the grid. Uh, And during this three months living there, I had kind of a wild experience of going into myself, spending time with myself and kind of thinking of the next evolution of my business, but also working on myself at the same time. And I hadn't given myself a break in a long time to do this. So a lot of growth happened from this point. And then returning home, I created a new business. And this business was more of a holistic approach, focusing on all the different things I had been working on myself, from meditation to yoga to becoming more aware of uh, nervous system and uh, people's emotional state and all the different things that are happening in their life that make up their experience with working out. And so it was called Soul Guru Fitness and Wellness, and it began as an in-home training business and then eventually moved over to Seattle, where I am now. And in Seattle, it had another shift. I ended up coming back to where I began, which was strength training and integrating that into Soul Guru to add the strength fundamentals and holistic approach. Awesome. Wow. Well, I know that we didn't really go deep in any particular areas, but I'm assuming that we will over the evolution of the podcast. What I'm super interested in hearing is 
you started your journey back in high school. Here you are today, fast forward, 35 years old. You have a thriving business. What is your approach to your business now to training? If someone was interested in working with you, what does that look like? That's a really good question. It has changed so much. Working with me now is a journey of each other getting to know each other. It always begins with building a foundation of strength, but it comes through uh, a dialogue of understanding you as a person and helping you build foundations of habits and ways of thinking and kind of really uniquely working with what you need to get to where you need to be. Because there is no cookie cutter program, whether science-backed or not, of getting you to where you need to be. Every individual is so unique and different in how they handle stress, their lifestyle, what they need, what they like doing in training, what they're willing to do in training. And that takes a lot of having conversations and pulling information out of people and starting to develop and follow these breadcrumbs of creating a lifestyle that helps them achieve whatever their goals are. Wow, I really love that. Do you find that you attract a certain type of person or do any of your clients have a similar maybe struggle that they are going through or challenges that they're facing in their own life? I actually attract a very wide array of individuals um, from people looking to uh, become stronger or a place to just be and train and kind of let go of all the stressors in their life. Um, I have people who are hustlers and movers and they just want to come and get a good workout. Um, but I think with all those individuals, those people enjoy uh, having conversations with me and kind of being able to reflect on their life through my eyes to help continually build a better life and well-being and strength for them, specifically for them. Wow. And... I'd love to know from you what you'd say is your favorite part of running your own business, working with people, and continuing to uh, support people in their journey into strength. What I love about working with people is every single person has a unique individual story. And as a very selfish thing, I learn and grow so much from every single person's journey and the connections you make with someone and to be able to help them change and grow and become stronger and actualize things they didn't think they could achieve is I know that on my deathbed that that is something that I can always be proud of whatever I do in this life. Wow. It's a, it's bigger than a career then. I was totally wrong. This is a purpose and a mission in life. So yeah. Brent, if people are interested in working with you or hearing more about what you do, what is the best way to reach you? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Barbell Vitality. Uh, you can shoot me a DM or you can visit my website, barbellvitality.com. 
and you can send me an email. I also have my WhatsApp there. I love WhatsApp because I can send voice texts. As you can tell, I like to speak other than write. And uh, yeah, and I'd love if you would share this podcast with anybody who you think would benefit from it and give it a like, give it a review, and yeah. And we'll be hearing more from you about your own journey as well. Excited to learn more and dive deep. Heck yeah. Peace. Thanks. Peace.